What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Casey, and we are discussing the seventh episode of The Walking Dead. The title of the episode is Promises Broken. And this episode picks up where we left off with the last episode with Maggie and her small group running through the woods trying to get away from the Reapers. And this episode takes quite a few interesting turns. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Seeing Maggie in a walker mask <laughs> is really, oh, I don't even know the, the right words to describe it. It was very, uh, I don't know, were you creeped out? She, I was. She did it a little too well. <laughs> Not, not in the beginning. It was hilarious in the beginning when she it didn't was. know she, you know, the mask was way too big. She couldn't really see out the little eye holes and she's yep. tripping this sh- over stuff. So I was just like, get it together, girl. But apparently Megan is a very good teacher on how to be a walker. Well, I mean. But then we have to remember he was a teacher. He was. He was very much so. And you could kind of see it. He was probably one of those teachers that got a little bit tough with the kids, but still did what he needed mm-hmm. to do. And they responded to him. And because we, we see that here, but we'll right. get into all of that. So they're trying to discuss what they need to do. Of course, Negan is still saying, okay, we need to go back home, especially given the fact that we were just literally seconds away from getting our asses caught. Maggie is like, no, we still need to go. Do you know why Daryl gave us that information? He was trying to tell us everything we needed to know. We still need that food. Our people are about to starve. Megan, he's trying to say, look, at least we go back with what we have and we can make it work. And Maggie is like, you know, if you want to go, if you want to save yourself, then you go right ahead. No promises broken. And so then this is where Negan says, okay, you make me a promise in front of the goddamn preacher. He, <laughs> said, um, he said, if I do this for you, we're even. I don't have to keep looking over my shoulder. I don't have to keep worrying about you. And I was like, are you serious, Negan? Like, come on. And she looks at him and she says, we're never going to be even. He said, then you're going to be down a soldier that you know you need. Your call. And Maggie is like, she looks and she she kind of gives this little weird smile like you would take a promise from me really he was like yeah who wouldn't I'm assuming you're a woman of your word I'm a man of mine and this is something that we said a couple episodes ago one thing about Negan he has never lied about anything he said Mm -hmm. okay and I you know I don't know if that's like a carryover from the pre-walker world where you know once he realized what his lies did you know like of course him being with his wife's best friend while she found out she had cancer you know he Mm. told her in the um here's Negan episode that was the last time I saw her and you saw how devoted he was to her in that episode so Mm -hmm. maybe that's a lesson that he learned the hard way you know okay you know what I gotta always be a man of my word if I say I'm gonna do something I have to do something and he has that that whole sickness illness and death of his wife to remind him of that you know right so they make a bargain they shake on it and then they realize that they have some walkers approaching and from the way that maggie and elijah look gabriel knows immediately that something is wrong and it appears to be a young woman and when maggie kills her she turns around and she tells them it's his sister's best friend now we got to remember elijah has a sister out there in the world that we don't know where she is they got separated fleeing from the reapers when they took over meridian 
So now they have other things to think about too, because chances are, if they are close, then the sister is close. And that's what Maggie says, we have to get to them, you know, because now Negan and Gabriel see, and I think Negan, especially because of the way he looks, he's like, okay, you know what? Um, This is more than just about getting to the food for her. They still have people that are missing that they are trying to account for and trying to save if they can. So there's some other walkers coming in the forest and what they do is they take these walkers and instead of killing them, they decide to capture them. You know, Elijah's getting ready to walk towards them with the knife. And then Maggie looks at him and was like, think we can find more. And I was like, oh, I know where this is going. So yeah, basically a lot of the episode is Negan teaching Maggie how to wear the mask, how to walk like the walkers, how to herd them. And it was just really, really strange because we dealt with the majority of the Whisperers last season. We know there's a few strays that we found a couple of episodes ago, but I'm like, are they about to introduce this whole concept of the Whisperers again? But you have to think about it. It's so strategic. Like Alpha had her faults, but if you were a person trying to you know, blend right. in and, 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 you know, approach something, get as close as you can without being detected. I mean, it, she kind of had a genius idea in that. So it's just so why not use what you know? Oh. I know that part. Yes. But you have to realize how effective and just like genius it is because with them being in that in a herd, right? They can see what they need to see. They, you know what I mean. They can get close without being detected, because even though they're in this group of walkers, you know they're looking at, you know, by the time they, you know, have enough to where they're able to start to approach, right? Meridian, you know, for them, they're going to get as much intel as they need to see right because you know once they do because like even with the whispers they would have those sacrificial walkers who would you know go up towards the front where they can still be blended in Mm -hmm. because remember when they got stuck in the watchtower and they had to walk through look how close they got to the watchtower yeah that's you know and they were able to see everything that they needed to you know kind of infiltrate that and you know attack Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it's creepy that Maggie is in a damn mask. <laughs> Something we never, in season two, if you said at the end of this, Maggie going to be walking around in a walker mask and, you know. Absolutely never not. Never would have seen this. No, absolutely not. But now we're here and it's a genius way to find out about your enemies. You are, I mean, there are already dropped some knowledge that it ain't that many of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we can get the walkers to take out, you know, four or five, you know, there's, less people we have to worry about fighting so i mean it's genius right it's 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 weird for us but it's genius it is it is but again like i said she she does it quite well but i mean like you said pope has her town he has some of her people and they need to get them back and you know again this is high stakes because elijah has a sister out there younger sister we don't know how young but just based on Maggie's description of the girl she says Teresa was just a kid so she's got to be at least a teenager maybe I would think yeah so they got to find her and so Maggie tells Gabriel that you know they have scouts everywhere and Gabriel is going by himself 
to try to scout and see where they are, how many they have, and just kind of get the basics so they'll know what they need to do as a plan of attack. Now, I was kind of wondering about this because I'm like, Gabriel is hurt. He just got stabbed through his leg. He can't really move very fast if he is caught. But at the same time, it makes sense because Negan has to teach Maggie how to do the whole whisperer thing. Maggie has to learn. And Elijah is really not in any emotional state to go out scouting right now, I don't think. Knowing that, okay, my sister could be close or seeing what happened to his sister's best friend, you know, it's probably in the back of his mind that his sister might be dead as well. So he's not the best person to go through with it. So Maggie approaches Negan and she just makes her one demand. She was like, I'm not cutting up anybody I know. He was like, that's fine. We only need three. And um, <laughs> he makes a little joke and she's like, this is not supposed to be fun. He's like, well, not with that attitude. I was like, yes, that's definitely the teacher in him. You can see it. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was funny. <laughs> but I think too, Negan is probably having a little bit too much. I won't say necessarily fun, but he's enjoying it too much that Maggie needs him. Mm-hmm. You know, that she is being forced to work with him knowing what he did to her husband so I don't know Negan I know that that's his attitude and he's not going to change the way he is for anybody but I think he kind of needs to tone it down he's not going that's just that's just not in him that's like trying to take the edge off and then that ain't fun because the, the good thing about him is he pushes buttons you know what I mean he pushes buttons and that's part of the thing that make him Negan. Right. But they go through their little training. And like you said, Maggie has a mask on that one, she can't really see out of. And then two, it almost seems like she starts to have a panic attack, especially when she can't get the mask off it. Yeah. You know, and she's getting frustrated because, of course, he's telling her how to move. And she's got one walker that she's kind of walking around and trying to corral. And then because she can't see, she trips on a rock. And of course, the walker comes after her. Elijah has to grab the walker, tie him back to the tree because they're not killing them right now. They need those walkers. Mm -hmm. So again, (laughs) Negan is taking a little bit too much um, enjoyment out of this because of course she's frustrated. And he was like, well, it's not going to fit you right. It was somebody else's (laughs) face. And she's just looking at him and he's like, look, this can work. We just have to get you another mask. And, you know, again, we kind of see the teacher in him right here. Right. Because he's telling her, okay, we just need to get you another mask. We can try again, blah, blah, blah. He was like, you did good, Megan. It's just kind of like, I just, I, there's a part of me that wants them to be able to work together because it's for the betterment of the community. You know, I've seen the other Fear the Walking Dead, and I know that there are some characters there who have done some things that were detrimental to the group, and eventually they have found forgiveness, or there's been like a truce because they have to work together in order to survive what's there. We've seen it here in this particular show as well, but it's kind of like Negan is like at the top of enemies that you should not be friends just because of what he did and how brutal it was but at the same time he's also one of the villains that has a stake 
in our community. Mm-hmm. He's been there as a prisoner, and then he's been there as a not necessarily a free man, partially free. You know, it's like they still keep him under watch, but he has been contributing. He has been doing what he needs to do to make sure that the community survives. That included going undercover with the whisperers at risk because they could have immediately killed him, especially Beta. Beta was like, nah, I don't trust him at all. And you know what? And I think back, because like what this episode, because you know, he's he's teaching Maggie. And remember when he first became you know, part of their community. And he was trying to learn. And he remember when he was first doing the mask cutting, whatever, you know, when he was trying to skin mm-hmm. the walker. And remember he laid out his little piece like he had did something. And then uh, Beta came with the big piece that he had, like, oh, that ain't nothing. It brought right. me back to that where he was just like, thought he was doing so good, so good. And here come Beta, you know, Beta didn't like him. So here he come with the, you know, showing him up basically so right now you you done took like all amateur yeah now, <laughs> now he done took all them skills and it's like mm, I, I learned something i learned something right now there is a moment where we follow gabriel and he's there and he's kind of scouting the front of the community and you see they have the gates they have their walls they have armed guards there and then as he's looking there's like this tent sitting at the top with green and that's the thing i think maggie asked him about it when he came back to the group she was like was it still there he said yes i saw it i want to know what that is but you know i saw it It looked like a cage of some sort that's what i you know how you have a cage and then you put something around it so whoever Ah. is in the cage can't see out I don't know that it would be a cage on the roof though so i'm not sure but that's that's what it gave me like cagey vibes Okay, yeah, because that that cloth looked kind of heavy. I would think that that would, I don't know. I, I've never been in the cage, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I was going to say, I would think that that would probably like maybe suffocate them or keep them. Well, I guess if you're trying to keep someone incapacitated, that would be a good way to do it because you take a little bit of the oxygen, you take the sunlight from them, and then maybe they expose them for a couple of hours just to make sure they don't kill them. But you got to keep that person weak. So I don't know, I guess we'll figure it out. But as Gabriel is looking, he sees a guy coming towards a cemetery that's there on the grounds. And this guy is praying up under his breath. And he's obviously a priest of some kind because he's holding a miniature Bible. He's holding some rosary beads in his hand. Mm -hmm. And he comes and he kneels beside one of the graves and he's praying And then he hears, or maybe he senses a little something watching him. So he gets up and he has his knife and he looks around into the woods. Now, here's the crazy thing, because just looking at the way we're looking, I would have seen Gabriel. Right. I would have seen him. I mean, he was camouflaged pretty good because, of course, Gabriel has darker skin. He's in the shadows near a tree trunk and, you know, the leaves and there's no light. So... He's very camouflaged, but I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know if that priest actually saw him or right. if he just, I don't know, missed it. But I think the thing with this is while the guy is looking for him, you know, he doesn't even go through the trees. He just sits there and then he turns around, he starts praying. And then one of the things he says in his prayers, thank you, father, for showing me what must be done. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. 
but he doesn't go towards the trees. He turns around, he walks off. And Gabriel's just still sitting there like thinking because the guy is looking at him like he's looking into the trees like he sees but you know, someone. What, what if he's blind and he goes off of hearing? Thought he heard something, so he had his knife up. That was my thought. Is this dude blind? I mean, he knows Meridian, so he's able to navigate, you know? Hmm. He knows where the grave is, so he wouldn't necessarily have to carry a stick per se. You know what I mean? Right. I know we know Gabriel is blind in one eye, but he has, you know, a visible, um, visible that you can see that he's blind. Yeah. But maybe the other guy could be. I mean, because last time we saw him, he was kneeling over a body. We never saw how he got there or how he left from there. Because he, if you notice, the preacher isn't around when stuff is popping off. So That's it true. could be, you know, because Pope is such a religious guy, he keeps, you know, he keeps the, the priest well, you know, situated in wherever he is. You know, he's that sounds very plausible. Yeah, he's fed, he's clothed, he's kept from harm, kind of like Father Gabriel was, you know. <laughs> but you know, he's there, you know, because to Pope. I mean, with a name like the Pope, um, this is maybe like his right hand, you know, his, his religious figure, or maybe his person, you know, the, like your priest with your confessional, and he's that he's that confidant for him. Could be right. so he's protected at all times. Hmm. So it's a thought. Okay. He could be blind. He might he might could see, but you know, who knows? Yeah, he because you know we we had that discussion in the last episode where I said I felt like pope knows something about the group and he's not telling daryl and leah what he knows because i feel like he's going to try to use them to draw maggie's group out and you know there's a little bit more of confirmation for me about that in this episode but we'll get to that later i want to go through the whole maggie group stuff first but yeah that i feel like the priest was looking at father gabriel and seeing him but pretending he didn't because that way he can go back to pope and say okay i know that they have a preacher with them he's here and maybe he's scouting for them so they're coming for us you know maybe he's telling him that so that they can get prepared now no this is what um i I think if well you're right well maybe because to me he has his knife so he's he's killed and and seem his you know ready to kill or maybe he's only killed walkers he heard the noise thought mm-hmm. it was a walker and wanted to be prepared so I, I but i don't see him just readily like attacking father gabriel if he saw him you know what i mean i just don't think i don't know because of you know man of the cloth thing but that's just my thought yeah i mean i don't think he would but just like i mean think about it father gabriel is a man of the cloth too and he had instructions or he told Maggie, you know, if he sees one one-on-one and he feels threatened, then he's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. But again, if, if that priest had killed Father Gabriel at this moment and Father Gabriel never returned to Maggie, then they probably would have been tipped off like, okay, he's not coming back. He might be dead. We need to retreat. And then they would disappear and Pope would never find her. But Pope has people actively looking for her and wants her caught. And what better way to do that? You let her scout go back and say, okay, this is what I found, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm going to be honest. I know that they only have supposedly 20 people there or whatever. 
I'm kind of wondering if that's a lie. If maybe Pope doesn't have more numbers. Because but, he, but see, and that was my thought at first. Remember, until we realized where they are is actually Meridian. Because remember, I said maybe they were like at an outpost and yeah. there were more people, you know, around. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. Because I can't see them so, hiding people. And and then even to that vein, because when Carver and Daryl were arguing and he was like, what, y'all got like 20 people? Because at some point, Amato, anybody only got no 20 people. You know what I mean? With the way that they were bickering back and forth. That mm-hmm. would be my thought. Because if I'm an argument with you, like, you what, you got 20 people? Well, I, you know, I'm talking shit. I got more than 20 people. You know what I mean? In 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 my mind. Because those two are trying to best each other for the attention of Shaw. To me. I understand that. But you have to also think Carver's military. Or Carver was military. They think more strategically yeah. than the average person. That's true. So he probably was like, okay, let me see. You know, oh, this is what he thinks we have. Okay, we're just going to let him continue thinking that. You know, because even for someone like Carver, encountering someone like a Daryl, Daryl can be very combative. And we know Daryl can handle himself. Daryl has been in situations where he's fought more than one person and come out on top. Right. Okay. Anybody with any kind of trained eye can see that Daryl is no slouch. You may not like him, but you have to admit he's got some skills. Yeah, okay. And then also I think Leah probably wouldn't have been with Daryl if Daryl was a slouch. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. she knows that Daryl can handle himself. And like I said, they probably had discussions where they talked about what happened to them in this world he's probably told her about different enemies he's come up against i doubt if he would have told her about the big ones because then that would be him admitting that he was with a full group and like i said i don't think he would have given her that much information you know saying that i'm looking for my brother saying i have a small community that's one thing right. saying that you were with a big group that's something totally different right so, but I think they've I always, say, when talking to other people, I think they've always downplayed the size of yeah. where they are. No, not not even just now, anytime. Because like, yeah. even when they were recruiting people, you know, they weren't saying mm-hmm. we have a large community. No, we got a small community. So I think they've always downplayed the amount of, because even back, you know, back at its peak when Alexandria was full of people. You know, yeah. they never even still said, you know, we got this large group. It's always, they've always referred to themselves as a small group. Right. But my thinking is that in that argument with Carver, listening to what Daryl saying, Daryl said, oh, you guys have 20 people, da, 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 da. You know, they're here, this, and, you know, if I was Carver, I would take that information that Daryl just bit back at me. And I would be thinking, okay, you know what? Why was he so detailed? Maybe he's trying to figure out what the layout is just in case he wants to leave. So he's trying to figure out, okay, how many people do I need to take out? Where do I need to take out? Where would be the best place for me to escape? That's what I would think hearing that come from Daryl. So do you think that they think he's there to like break Leah out? You know what I mean? I don't think that they think that Leah was part of his plan because he didn't even know she was there. You know, Leah didn't know where Daryl was. She just was like, yeah, this was a guy that I was with a few years ago and he's gone. So I don't think they anticipate. It just happened to be coincidence, providence, whatever, that Daryl just happened to be the one that she came across. 
okay that their that their paths cross so i don't think it has anything to do with leah i do think that they think that daryl still might be a spy trying to get information back to maggie or trying to figure out what's going on so that if he escapes he can take it back to them and they can come back with a greater show of force and take back the city I'm not saying that that's the case, but if I was in their position, I would always be thinking defensively, you know? Right. So that that could be what it was. Yeah. Okay. So going back to Maggie and her whisperer training. (laughs) So we see that what she's trying to do, they're, they're trying to create a horde. They're grabbing walkers and she's putting them in this little pen that she's created. And as they're getting ready to have this sit down talk, Elijah looks at her and says, has he changed? And Maggie says, we can't know that. And I don't think she meant that as there's no way for us to tell if he's changed. I think she really meant that as we can't know that as in, I don't need to know that he's changed because that would change her whole mindset about what she (laughs) thinks about him and what she probably will need to do later on okay no I totally didn't look at it that way yeah I I think I think that's what it was the way it's it's the way that she said it she was like we can't know that it wasn't a I thought she was saying like we can't know that like we can't tell that okay okay but I see I see how you I I, I see how you looking Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah but and then like she said too she said he's helpful but he would be as long as there's something in it for him very true I mean like Elijah says he says so what about your promise and she said, I hope I'll be able to keep it. <laughs> and that's all she can do right now. She, you know, but they have a conversation when she sits down at the fire, you know, he's, he's fixed some food. They sit down and they have this conversation and he talks to her about what she's doing. And he's like, you know, I feel for you. I really do. And she was like, why is that? He's like, I'm not a robot. Re. First of all, the fact that he called her by her last name, I was like, that's weird but okay catch that yeah okay see i watch you watch watch words yes i have to watch with the captions because sometimes even if i'm hearing things sometimes you kind of miss things when they're saying it in conversation yeah and so i like to know what's being said and then that way i can fully understand instead of like wait what did he say and then i have to go back and watch it again but he tells her he's like you know i feel for you and all of this it sucks to see your friends as walkers. And he starts comparing it a little bit to what he's had to go through, just even with their group. Mm-hmm. So they start having the conversation. He's like, you are about to do some crazy shit and break into a community that you built and lost. I get it. And, you know, she was like, your community and mine were lost in very different ways. And he says, you don't think I understand the losing side of a massacre? And she basically goes in and she starts trying to justify what they did. And again, this is where I've said there are some things that I agree with what Rick's group did. Mm -hmm. And then there are some that I don't. You know, one of the things that she says was there were no children at that satellite station. And he says, then where to air and get Gracie? I was like, whoops. That part. I knew it was going to come up. That part. I knew he figured it out. And so here's the other thing, too. As many people as Negan had in his outpost, that means that he was mm-hmm. aware of what was going on with his people. 
You can't just have a child named Gracie and then this satellite outpost gets shot up. The baby disappears and all of a sudden Aaron has a daughter named Gracie. Like he didn't even change the name. But we also know that was because Rick felt guilty about it because once he realized that the person he killed, you know, that that person that he killed, right? he was just trying to protect his child. He wasn't. And I think he said as much like, look, I don't have anything to do with this. And Rick killed him anyway. And he had, he had a baby. The other thing is Negan starts pointing out to her, you know, those people that y'all killed, they had friends, they had girlfriends, they had people that cared about him. And she kept saying they didn't have families. They didn't have children, but you didn't know that when you went in there and killed everybody. You just saw it as you had no way of knowing to make a deal. Right. Just no way. I mean, no way at all. Again, Negan does make a lot of sense in some of the stuff that he says. He does. And I think one of the things that Maggie is going to have to do is she really is going to have to come to terms with the fact that, yeah, y'all may not have been in the right when you did that, especially considering you took that on for a community that was being led by this asshole of a jerk. Greg. Right. And I understand they needed a community to trade with and these were the terms and all of this other stuff. But yeah, there there could have been some other way to do that, maybe, to where it wouldn't have resulted. And again, I will say this, that attack on the outpost was the direct cause of them being in that circle that night. He was trying to avenge all of his people. And again, they killed almost 100 people. He didn't even know who they were before then. Right. Had no idea who they were. Had no idea where they were. Nothing. Where they came from. Nothing. nothing. So that's something she's really going to have to come to terms with at some point. Mm-hmm. Because she can't sit there and just justify well, what we did, what was right. We we killed people who didn't have families and who didn't have this. Yeah, you did kill people who had families. Aaron's mm-hmm. daughter is the perfect example of that. You don't know how many other children there were in the sanctuary or in right. any of their outposts. Some of those families who had children and they heard what happened, they probably took the hell off after that. Hell yeah. like, you know what? This is not what I signed up for. Absolutely. It was not, not about to happen. Absolutely not. This was not about to right. happen. <laughs> but you know, he's talking to her and he's talking about how he had to go to his people and explain to them why their leader failed. And he says, you know, my whole job as leader was to protect my people. And I had to go back and explain to them why I couldn't. And again, Maggie says, you killed people who had families and you did it in front of their families. And we know what she was talking about. And he was like, yeah, I did. He said, but the world is different now, Maggie. There's fewer people to fight for or fight with. Hell, there's fewer things to fight over. And the next part of this conversation is very eye-opening because she says, are you saying that you would do things a little differently? And again, this is Negan we're talking to. Negan is the person who tells it straight no matter what. Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah, I would have done it differently. He said, I would have killed all of y'all. And she was like, why would you say that to me? How could you say that to me? Why would you say that to me? And he was like, if this is going to work, if we're going to work together, we have to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about it from Negan's perspective. Think about it. If it was us, if it was Rick, let's let's turn the tables. Mm -hmm. If that was Rick's group, Rick's people that 
the savers had come in and slaughtered a whole bunch of them okay you think rick wouldn't have done anything different oh you think karen wouldn't have done anything different yeah it would have been the same thing it would have been the same thing and rick would have killed everybody like they did at the outpost because what happens if you don't they come the back people who are left behind can come back and do more damage we saw perfect example of that with terminus because Carol got rid of that community and there were a few people left behind and they were left behind enough to do some damage exactly you know what i'm saying yeah when they had to come all at the church right if you think about it Negan has every right to think in hindsight, I probably should have killed all of y'all because guess what? Because he didn't, he lost his whole community. Yeah, He lost everybody. He lost everything. So if you're in him, if you're in his shoes and thinking, okay, what could I have done differently so that my community would still be alive? My people would still be alive. Because again, Negan is an asshole. We all get that. But Negan did seem to. He understood he understood, and not only that, he took responsibility for keeping those people alive. Now, he may not have done it in the best of ways. Of course, he went through this whole dictatorship and, you know, people kneeling at his feet. Okay, he took it a little too far. But I'm going to say this, too. That was probably how it was with the people he ended up taking the sanctuary from. Because we have to remember, Negan was not the first sanctuary leader. There were people before him That's true. that created the sanctuary the way that it was. And he ended up having to fight because he, I remember him saying something a long time ago about the way that those people were treating the people in the sanctuary and that there had to be a plan that they stepped up and took it over. And that's what we heard when, you know, the people at sanctuary, Dwight and some of them were talking about going up against Negan, like, oh, well, he took it. We can take it from him. Right. But he's always felt like, okay, I have a responsibility to take care of these people. And of course, now these people are all dead because you showed mercy to a group. Yeah, you killed two of their people, but you left some of the strongest of them alive. Of course, he couldn't have known that at that point. Right. He probably figured it out with Rick. But of course, without Rick as their leader, what would they have been able to do for him? What do you do? You break down the leader so that the leader is doing what you need to do. And then the rest of the community will follow. That's true. Yeah. If he had to go back and do it again and kill them, he probably would have without a doubt, because then in that case, this would be a whole different world. Negan, his people would still be alive Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't be looking over his shoulder all the time, at least in that sense, for who's coming for him. That's true. He makes a point, but again, Maggie, don't ask things if you don't want to know the answer to them. But it's true. Right. The honest truth. If you don't want to know the honest Don't ask Negan. (laughs) Especially when talking to Negan. Yes. If you don't want to know the honest truth. Yes. Because Negan is the one that will give it to you straight. No chaser. <laughs> oh, but then they finally get enough water. And I mean, they they had a pretty decent sized herd. They did. Them. And then when they went by the little store and opened that door. Mm-hmm. They got more walkers. So it's interesting because you see them, Maggie, Negan, and Elijah are walking with the herd. And then they actually get to, I guess this is a back part of Meridian, and they open up doors. They open up some doors there. It's like to a warehouse type building, and a whole bunch of walkers come out. So I'm like, okay, were these people from Meridian or were these just walkers that Pope's group just, I don't, 
I don't think I see Pope's group hurting any walkers. So I'm assuming that they probably put people in the community into that building and probably killed them or whatever. It was uh, hammered from the outside. Yes. So somebody like, locked the door inside. Right. So I don't know if, if they killed everybody inside or if somebody inside just happened to die and then it just kind of steamrolled from there. But they add a considerable number of walkers to their herd. And as they're walking, the camera starts focusing on a young girl. And immediately I already knew it was a young black girl. You can see her hair. Her hair is very natural in the Afro. And Elijah happens to turn to look. And from the way he looks, even inside the walker mask, we know that this is his sister. And you can hear him start crying a little bit. And Maggie just kind of grabs his hand because she realizes. And that just broke my heart so bad. Like she was a kid. But, you know, now Maggie and Elijah have even more motivation to take Pope and his people down. That was just so sad to me. But... Yeah, so they have this huge, large herd and they are walking towards Meridian. And when I looked at the size of this herd, I was like, I'm looking at the whispers. That's what it looked like. There was just so many of them. Exactly what it looked like. But But, to think, it's only taken three of them to herd that large ass herd. mm -hmm. Three. Yep. So, yeah. So, Pope's going to have some problems. Understatement. Let's move to the whole Leah and Daryl situation so we already know that they are i want to say kind of sort of pariahs in the group right now not like publicly so but people are treating them a little bit differently you we can see that right. the episode so right. when we first see daryl in this episode he's kind of walking through the grounds and he passes by this um there there's one of the reapers and he's coming out of this room that's got a locked door And when you look at it, there's a whole lot of food in that storage room. So this is really what cemented to me. Okay, this is Meridian. After watching it last week and seeing the walls, seeing that food, I was like, okay, this is Meridian. This is where they have all their fresh stuff stored. Because you could see like fresh vegetables. They were in bins. It was Mm -hmm. very organized. So of course, Daryl's trying to look in a little bit to see. And he's asking the guy, he's like, yo, do you need some help? And the guy's like, nah, I'm good. So Daryl offers him a cigarette and they start smoking. And I thought, I thought Darryl- that was cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I'm like, excuse me. I said, smoking a joint. <laughs> no, I think Daryl's just smoking a cigarette. Because if you think about it, for someone like Pope's group to smoke weed, like I don't smoke, I've never smoked, but I know people who do. And I've seen how they are. That ain't. I don't think they be. I don't think they be ready to be uh, at their military best That's true. That's if they are high. That's true. So. But I did think they did flash in my mind. <laughs> Can you imagine Daryl high? That would As be. If he that ain't would already be a... laid back. He'd be laid to the floor. <laughs> But as they're smoking, I really thought that Daryl was about to attack this dude. But I was like, no, he wouldn't do something that stupid because you're inside the walls. He will automatically be the suspect. He would kill his ass uh, immediately. He wouldn't make it no. Right. So I'm thinking he's just trying to maybe build some rapport with some of the people so he can find out what's going on. But they get called to the front because some of Pope's guards or soldiers have returned. And of course, they aren't able to find, well, okay. 
They say that they are not able to find Maggie's group anywhere. I think this was a lie. I really think this was a lie. And I'm going to tell you why. So they come in, they tell Pope that they can't find her. And he, um, you know, he fusses at them. And of course, Leah, you know, she takes up for them. She don't put jump on her ass. And she, she get up like, so Let's she jumps up. in front of Pope. She was like, they were following um, instructions that I gave them, directions that I gave them. So if you want to fuss at somebody, fuss at me. You know, because she's trying to take the flack off of them. And, you know, I guess she's doing it in hopes that they would like her. Because again, like I said, I think everybody is kind of against her now because they're like, oh, you so worried about this dude you used to be with that you've mm-hmm. kind of fallen out of protocol with what we do here. So what Pope does is he sends her and Daryl to go and look for Maggie's group. And he tells them, okay, well, we've already searched such and such. You need to search here, you know? And then as they're out searching, they come across a guy in a bush and he's sitting there like, please, please don't hurt me. I'm just trying to find help for my wife. My wife has been hurt. I just have a wife and son. And Leah asked the question. She was like, how did you avoid the patrols? And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know. That's when I started getting suspicious because if that was an area that they searched thoroughly, you would have been able to find a a man that was scared, especially considering the fact the way that Bush moved when they realized he was there, I was like, that's too intentional. That's too intentional. I feel like it was a setup and I'm going to tell you why. So she calls it in to Pope and tells him, we did find a guy. He says he has a wife who's hurt and a son. What are your orders? And Pope says, kill them. She's like, okay. They follow the guy back to the house where him and his family are hiding. He shows them his wife is hurt. We don't know what happened, but she's bleeding. She obviously can't move. And there's a young boy there that's kind of like seven. Leah comes in and is automatically emotionally triggered because this reminds her of her son. Mm -hmm. You know, she's supposed to be killing them. She tells the guy, she's like, take your son and run. Don't ever come back to this place. And the mom is telling her, yes, okay, yes, take him. She tells the little boy to go with his dad and they haul ass and run. And the mom says, thank you. You are a savior. Um, You know, they would have never left if I was still alive. I'm ready. And when Leah gets ready to kill her, she can't. So Daryl ends up doing it. And then he was like, what are we going to tell Pope? And she said, we'll tell him that you killed them. You know, that'll look good on you. And then immediately, I'm glad they got a radio call because I feel like Daryl was about to tell her the truth. And I don't think she's ready for that yet. I don't think she's there. I think Daryl was kind of looking at her being emotional in that moment saying, okay, look, this is what I'm doing because I'm sure once she finds out that there are children in their community, maybe that would be enough to kind of move her. I think that's what he's thinking in this moment because she's already emotional because she's thinking about her son. She's probably thinking about her lost sister and all this other stuff. Okay. So, but, so, but my thought with your, okay, this is my thought with your theory on. It's a wait, setup. wait, wait, let me finish. Oh. Hold on. So Daryl's getting ready to tell her something. And then they get a call on the radio saying, Shaw, you, um, we need you back. You got to see this. And so she's like, we got to go. I have a feeling Pope sent some guys trailing after her and Daryl to see what she was going to do. And they probably caught that father and his son as they were running out the house. I think it was a setup to see 
how compromised Daryl's being there has made Leah. Because if Daryl hadn't have been there and she had been with some of her other guys going to find them, she -hmm. probably would have shot them on site. I feel like she would have done that if she had been with some of Pope's people. Mm -hmm. But because she was with Daryl and that was that one thing that she shared with Daryl. I don't know that Pope knows this, but Pope seems like the kind of guy who knows how to emotionally manipulate someone. And I feel like that's what he did. I feel like he sent her there and set that whole thing up. They probably found the uh, father and mother and son and were like, okay, you know what? This is what we find. He's like, no, leave them there. I got an idea. And then sent Leah to deal with it and probably sent people to follow her and Daryl to see how they would react and what they would do. I feel like that's what happened. Okay. I didn't look at it in the lens that you're looking at it in. I did look at it like... But we already knew, like, in a way, when Pope threw old boy in the fire. Mm-hmm. We already knew kind of that Leah was, like, you know, losing that little bit of faith in in their in her leader. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? You've come to this conclusion that he, you know, just because he had scarring on his back that he was running away was not, not, it's not necessarily true. But this is how you choose to deal with you know, somebody we call family, you put their face in the fight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, number one, I, I, I don't want to use that as an excuse that, you know, Leah's a woman. So we already have, you know, emotion tied to whatever it is that's going on. But then to see your leader in this not so great light, and then plus the fact that Leah's vision is also clogged because of Daryl, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first time Leah has seen Pope act in extremes. If you are part of that kind of group, you have been but the, in but the this military is together. No, but that's I, different I, when it's I your, understand. Your I understand. People, your own people. I understand that. But again, they went from being military to being mercenaries. Okay. Right. There is a code that they follow. If Pope really thought, oh, you were scared and you, your fear contributed to the death of your brother that would have been in his mind an appropriate punishment. But not only that, you're bringing this new person into your group. So you're showing him, this is what happens when you betray us or when you don't do as we do. This is what your fate is. Leah probably knew that was what was about to happen. And that's why she tried to stop it because she knows what Pope thinks. Think about it. She Just like she told Daryl in this episode, Pope has been like a father to me. He has treated me like a daughter. Children know what their parents are capable of, the That's good true. and the bad. That's true. So when she tried to calm him down, she was like, look, Pope, it's been a long day. She knew what direction that was headed. Mm. I'm sure she has seen his temper hundreds of times. Right. In battle and after all this stuff happened with the fall. Right. I'm sure they've all seen it. But also because she's the only woman. And because he does look at her like as a daughter, you know, when it comes to fathers and daughters, they have a different kind of relationship than fathers and sons. Right. She's probably the only person who can stand up to him and like try to get him to calm down or try to get him to see reason without him thinking it's a challenge, at least up until Daryl showed up. So she's probably (laughs) used to being in that role. Like when he's about to go have cop, she's the one that says, hold up, let's take a more rational look at this or let's you know let's kind of 
step things down. That's probably been her role. That's why she stepped in when he started going off on the soldiers for not finding Maggie and their people, you know, because she's like, okay, he'll probably treat the men harsher than he would treat her. Right. And I think that's why she stepped up. She knows what he's capable of. True. She knows she has to, because if you think about how long they've been together, but she's known him and served under him way before the fall. Right. That's true. So we'll say at least 15 years she's known him. Maybe longer than that. That's fair. She's not ignorant of his uh, faults by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) She knows what he's capable of. So yeah, that's why I think he did that whole thing as a setup. Yeah. I really think so. And I'm going to tell you this now. My little quote unquote theories on the show in the last couple of weeks have been on par. They have. I just had to have Anthony do a whole I told you so on on the record because I told him about something happening in what if and he was like it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen (laughs) so I'm feeling pretty confident about my my little theory here I I think it was a setup I really do okay I'm gonna have but then well if that's the case because they knew the lady would die right Mm -hmm. but she was probably already mortally wounded and I'm going to be honest, maybe one of them was the one that did it. I was just going to say, you think one of the guys who went out scouting said we didn't find anybody did it? Probably. Said, but, hmm. but I mean, it's possible think- because what, what could have happened? They probably told the guy, okay, when someone else comes looking for you, you do not say anything that happens or we'll come back and kill all of y'all. They probably threatened him or maybe he was out trying to find them food when the soldiers came by and injured the wife i mean we don't know what happened right it could be any of those scenarios but i really feel like that was a setup okay i'm gonna go with you all right so let's go to the commonwealth because this commonwealth let me tell you this part of the episode this was another thing. I, look, something happened in this part that I was also right about. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> so the Commonwealth. When we get the first shot of them in the Commonwealth, it's of Stephanie, maybe Stephanie, fighting one of the walkers. And I was like, are they showing us like an origin story? Like how she got there? But no. What they've done is for Ezekiel, Eugene, and Princess, those who got caught, you know, breaking the rules, their punishment is that they have to clear walkers from buildings that they are planning to reuse and redevelop. Right. So Stephanie's having to, uh, I, I'm just going to call her Stephanie because Stephanie, maybe Stephanie is, is a bit long in the mouth. So, Stephanie, not Stephanie. Stephanie, not Stephanie. Yes. So they're clearing the buildings and they start having conversations and while they're clearing the buildings, we see Ezekiel and Princess also clearing buildings. Ezekiel is not doing very well. I need him to sit his ass down somewhere because he keeps trying to say, oh, no, I'm fine. He's clearly, he's still spitting up blood and, you know, he's trying to say, oh, it's the dust and it's this and it's that. No, (laughs) dude, I need you to sit your ass down. You have cancer. We all know you have cancer. Matter of fact, you need to tell the Commonwealth doctors that you have cancer so they can do something about it. But of course, I know, too, he probably doesn't want to make them any more in debt to them because they are still all talking about leaving. Like, we're not staying here. But what does that sound like to you? 
What about them not staying? Or you have to pay your debt first. The hospital. Yeah. Where Beth was. Yeah. It does. As much as she wanted to go, well, until your debt is paid, until your debt is paid, mm-hmm. until your debt is paid. That's all I kept thinking every time he said that. But I mean, so, that's the only, yeah. I mean, think about it for the most part. That's probably the only way to really broker exchange in this world because honestly, money doesn't really count for anything. Although it seems like they're probably still using it in this time. I, I don't know. There's There's a lot about Commonwealth that I have issues with them trying to go back to the way things were i'm like do do y'all not realize how broken the world is was there's a reason why it fell the way that it did because the old way (laughs) needed some revamping needed some work we'll get we'll get into that so like i said (laughs) last time we talked about this show they did have to give some truths about their community because that's one of the things that was bargained. Okay, you clear these walkers for us. We will clear your record here and then we can send some help for your community. So they did have to tell that information. We hear that in the conversation with Eugene and Stephanie when he asked, he was like, do you really think they can help our community? And she says, "I, I know that he'll try, but he is a man of his word. You can't trust him. And then we see the same thing with Yumiko when she's talking later on. She has agreed to be an attorney for them in exchange for them giving her people safe haven and assistance. I was like, yeah, they had to tell. They had to at this point. Yeah. Because other than that, who is Eugene trying to contact? Is this going to be somebody that's going to come and attack us? They had to, they probably asked those questions. Like, who are you calling on the radio? Are they people that's going to come try to take us? Again, we don't know what their dealings have been with, with outside people. We don't know if there's a connection between them and the CRM or if them and CRM are at odds. We don't know. But again, their community is very well protected, is very well taken care of. They have to follow these rules and procedures. And when someone comes in that doesn't, that puts the whole community at risk. They have 50,000 people to think about. And, and that was my thought, because do you know how big and how far off you would have to be for, for because they have so many mm-hmm. people and we already know their military or policing system mm-hmm. is, you know, strategic on target. Right. It, I'm sure they have, especially with going back to the, you know, they've scavenged everything in their air. I'm sure they have guns. I'm sure they have a good armory. I'm sure they have, you know, they might even have a tank or oh, two. Of course. You know what I mean? So I'm sure in my mind, I'm sure they have more than enough firepower to deal if someone, anybody who came to try to take over them. Except for the CRM. The CRM has 200,000. Except for the CRM. But CRM also has a helicopter. So, so they would kind of give themselves away. That actually, the CRM has more than one helicopter. I will say that. No, that's what I said. They'll see the helicopter, yeah. so they give mm-hmm. themselves away. But I, I, I just, I just don't see anybody, especially. Uh, clear, we don't know what the whole world is. We know about CRM. We know about exactly. People, but, but to me, it would be too. If I've taken the time to rebuild a community and make sure we're having safe people make sure we have laws make sure we have structure make sure we have a military make sure we i can't see even if another large ass community did come that it will automatically be war because if you already have a large if you have a large com- colony and i have a large colony what we mm-hmm. find more we both already have the things that we need it can only be 
basically peace at this point. So anybody who comes in a small group, they they not gonna be able to be fifty thousand people, even though it, we realize everybody can't fight or know what walkers are or whatever. But you know, I, I just don't see that like really being a threat, if that makes sense. But you have to think about it. You're still dealing with people who are thinking in ways the old world did. And a lot of times when you have a large group, large corporation, and they there's somebody that's kind of comparable to them, uh-huh. it's never about unity first. It's always about what do they have that we can take or what do we have that they might want? They're always thinking defensively. Think about it even with our smaller groups with the governor, with Rick in the prison. Rick was like, there's no reason why we have to fight. We can we can coexist. And the governor was like, no, y'all have what we want. Right. There's always going to be some groups like that. Think about Negan and the Saviors. They had all of those people. They had a system. They had gardens. They had, I mean, shit, they had pickles. You know, they, I mean, they had things in ways that Rick and his group never had. And Rick and his group, the Alexander, Alexandrian group was so small. The hilltop was small. The kingdom was small. Now kingdom probably was the bigger of the three communities, but still they probably had 200 people maybe, but Negan yeah. still did what he did. Or I, I, we don't even know if this started with Negan as far as those groups. It could have been with the other people and then Negan was the one to go. We, we don't really know because we don't know the full backstory of the saviors. Right. But I mean, think about it. Negan was conquering communities and saying, okay, either you serve me or you die. Same thing. Yes. So if you I, have this group with 50,000 and you have this other group, first of all, where did this group come from? Even though it's only four, where did y'all come from? How did y'all know how to find us? That's the important thing. How did you know where to find us? And if they could find out where the Commonwealth is, anybody with a more sophisticated system, more people, more weapons, more power could easily do the same. I guess. You have to be proactive in stuff like this, especially if... Again, we don't know what they know of other communities outside of the Commonwealth. Right. We know that the CRM is huge. And we only know that mainly from Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead World Beyond. You know, Walking Dead World Beyond is where we found out exactly how large the CRM is. Okay. So even if you get just rumors, like uh, I'm sure the Commonwealth sends some people out to scout like, okay, so how can we expand the community? Where should we go next? How do we clear this? Because Yumiko's brother said this started out as like one small community and it has grown. So they have to send people out to look and see, okay, where can we expand to? I'm sure they've come across others. They've probably heard things or maybe even seen things. I'm sure they've probably seen a helicopter go by once or twice. Like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, they probably know that there are other large communities out there, or they could just be thinking, hey, if we were able to build a community of 50,000, who's to say somebody else wasn't? Right. That's true. They don't know what's going on elsewhere in the world. That's true. Definitely don't. So, yeah. 
that could be a whole thing. So they have to protect their people. And you have someone who you just took in a few days ago, sneaking and breaking rules, not only breaking rules, has somebody, has somebody else that is one of our people helping them to break rules, to get on the radio and to call whoever. They don't know what's going on. So of course they had to tell them like, okay, yeah. So this is what the truth is. We have a small community of such and such number of people. We just got through a war with these people who walked around wearing dead faces on their face and our people are starving. Some people may be hurt. We just need to get help back to them. Okay, well, this is what we need you to do for us. We have a whole bunch of walkers in these buildings, in this community, blah, blah, blah. We need you to clear them. Oh, that's all we got to do? Okay. Like our people, I mean, let's be honest. Our people can probably kill walkers in their sleep. So, I mean, even Eugene is very skilled at it at this point. Right. But my thought is, why do they have Stephanie out there? I ask that because maybe she just, maybe they have her still trying to get close to Eugene. Could be, but she's been in the Commonwealth, so she knows the rules and consequences for going rogue and hopping on the radio or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. So she knows the consequences of mm-hmm. this. Why y'all still got her out there? Because so she, she has to be punished, and her punishment probably would have been worse than theirs. But we have to remember. What's the dude's name? I can't think of it right now. The really creepy suit dude. Remember, he kept them from being banished. Remember, he had to talk to whoever he needed to talk to to say, okay, you know what? Let's not banish them. Let's use them to our advantage. And unfortunately, Stephanie probably would have been punished too, or they're having her in there as part of their facade to keep her getting close to Eugene, if that is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this a little bit more because as they're clearing this area and basically trying to tell Ezekiel, you need to sit your ass down and go to the doctor, the guards come through with this guy and his girlfriend and they're taking them, I don't know, they're taking them through this area and we find out later to this like pavilion where they're having a picnic. So while they're doing this picnic, Eugene and Stephanie have been told to go clear this area because again, there have been some other things that's happened. We'll go into that with Yumiko and her brother. Okay, so here's here's where I have to come through with my, I said this was gonna happen. <laughs> they put Yumiko in that position to have her search for her brother because he's a thoracic surgeon. He did not tell them he was a thoracic surgeon. And we get that admission in this episode as well, where he tells them they cannot find out that I am a doctor. You know, and he says it's worth it because he gets this little bit of freedom. He gets to live life the way he wants and not the way other people's dictate. Right. And he literally tells Yumiko, you can't tell them I'm a doctor. And she's like, okay, I won't. I don't even think she was thinking about the fact that that was how she got in there in the first place. Like, oh, I told them I had a brother that was a surgeon here because literally as soon as she says, oh, I won't tell them here come the Commonwealth guards and they're taking him away. I knew that was what they did. They used her to find out who the surgeon was. I knew it. I called it. I said it was going to happen. Because even when they were sitting outside the little cafe and they were talking and and he asked her then, he's like, yeah, you can't tell anybody. I like the life that I have, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to disrupt what I got going on. But, and I said the same thing. I'm like, but she already told them I have a brother who's a doctor. 
And then even when she was, when she got her assignment or whatever, and she talked to the guy and she was like, I'm looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. Even then she was like, he a doctor. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, you don't tell everybody on the way in, hey, I'm looking for my brother, he a doctor. Hey, I'm looking for my brother, he a doctor. So then once they see, okay, because the first time she met him, you know, I'm sure they're keeping tabs on them. So the first mm-hmm. time she seen him, she went to the bakery so they're probably like maybe she was you know going in have you know seeing what's going on with the bakery but then now y'all outside at the little talking talking okay Mm -hmm. you know him and so then when they now in the is this a train station i'm assuming where they are it kind of looks like it. yeah it keeps putting me in the mind of a train station i'm like what train they get Mm -hmm. on anywho um so when they were in there now i've seen you with this man twice so this is who you were looking for. This is the doctor. Like, right. He, she need. well, I'm sure now she's going to tell him, you know, I said when I came to the know, I was looking for my brother who's a doctor. I didn't know you was at the bakery. You was Mr. Gingerbread Man. You know, who knew that? I came mm-hmm. looking for what I knew of you in the old world. In the old world, you was a doctor. So why wouldn't right. I think if there's this community and there are people that can be helped, why wouldn't I think you're a doctor? Yeah. yeah. But speaking of Yumiko, so when we see her first in this episode, she's, I guess it's kind of like in an interview with whoever the state department is, which is so weird to me, but, um, you know, she's dressed nice. She's got her hair up. She looks like an attorney and she's having a conversation with this guy and they're talking about, you know, he, he says, you know, they were really impressed with you. And she says, I thought they would find me kind of difficult. But if me being an, a lawyer here is the price I have to pay for you guys to aid my community, then I'll do it again. They had to tell them about Alexandria. And that's why she's playing, you know, mm-hmm. she's all nice. It's so weird to see her all cleaned up and, and like neat. Hair and stuff. I'm like, back in the little right. Okay, I'm like, no, oh, girl, I need your hair back down. Like, oh, okay. But also at this point, it's apparent she has not seen any of the other three in days since they got in trouble, you know? And again, Yumiko is a force to be reckoned with because at this point she was like, "Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, I need to see Mrs. Milton today. And they're like, well... We don't know exactly if that's going to work because Mr. Hornsby said, she was like, that's his name, Mr. Hornsby. Yeah. She was like, is he your boss? No. Okay, then I want to see her today. I'm like, okay, Yumiko. Yumiko is like, I want the manager playing with y'all. Go get the right. manager. <laughs> and she says, I I'd like to, to speak to her right away, please. <laughs> oh God, yes, that that that's, that is exactly it. <laughs> you know, and she does. Okay, so she does get a meeting with Mrs. Milton, and as she walks in the girl that we think might be the actual Stephanie is at the desk. And I mean, they have a working telephone system and all this other stuff. Good, clean books. No, here's the funny thing. So my daughter was watching part of this episode with me or she just happened to be, um, she happened to be coming downstairs or sitting in the area when I was watching it. So she saw it. You want to know what bothered her the most about that whole scene? What? She said, hold up. She said, so this is zombie apocalypse, right? I said, yes. She said, 
clearly that girl sitting at the desk is a person of color she said because she's not white i said yeah she said why the fuck she got straight hair (laughs) they might have straightening combs right but she was like she said so we're in a world post-apocalypse and she still has to fit the aesthetic of to be professional you have to have straight hair she was so bothered by that she was like this world I said well you know I never think about that but it makes sense but okay yeah I said but you know what one thing we have learned about the commonwealth the commonwealth is all about putting up facades hello that's what they are they are a facade yes i realize that they're doing that to kind of keep morale high to keep these people safe and to make them not aware of the things that's going on outside of their walls but yeah it's a facade Mm -hmm. that's not the way the world is anymore Mm -hmm. yeah so ezekiel does get some help and then um as yumiko comes to find mr hornsby because she's demanding to know where her brother is and you know he starts laying out his terms this is what we need for you to do and blah 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 um and you know he tells them yeah we're gonna help your community but we need you to do something in time for us which we knew that was gonna happen so like i said they send eugene and stephanie not stephanie to go clear a section of their wall of their area and they come across this dude and his girlfriend who are in the pavilion making out and then there's walkers coming up towards them so eugene and stephanie not stephanie they go and they start killing the walkers and this dude gets pissed and starts saying all these disrespectful things to eugene now the way that he was talking of course okay so he is very much privileged white male smells of money even though i don't know what kind of money so i figure he had to be somebody important i said oh i said he's probably related to miss milton that's what i thought i said because the way that he's acting do you and stephanie's like no do you know who that is blah 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 because what happens is he starts going off on them and i forgot what he did but eugene ends up punching him and it was, it was like, I was like good for you eugene but something tells me that was not the good thing that, that was, was not, not a good thing for you to do right that was not a good thing for you to do so of course the guy you know stephanie is like do you know who that was and blah 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 while yumiko is waiting for her appointment with miss milton there's a phone call and the secretary says i'm sorry miss milton can't meet with you someone just attacked her son i was like oh here we go i died at that moment like he, he wasn't bloody though and look what you did to my girlfriend she saved your girlfriend boo your girlfriend almost got bit by she should let her bite her she let her bite her because you clearly don't who was that before that didn't realize it was somebody who didn't realize how extremely dangerous the walk was it aiden it was aiden because remember he was all you know uppity and all that and then remember when was it glenn Oh, Aiden, yes. And 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 uh Deanna was like, good, you know, basically he need thank you. You mm-hmm, know, kind of like mm-hmm. a thank you for you know knocking him off this high horse that he yes. was on. So you are right. I had to think about it. I was like, wait, because you said Aiden, and because he's more recent in my mind, I was thinking all and I yeah. was like, hey, that's not right. Yeah, no, it when was you said Aiden. he was all up it, I was like, that's not all day. Oh, I remember who you were talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, Aiden. And remember when Glenn kind of knocked him on his ass and put him in his place. And Deanna was like, Thank you. You know, mm-hmm. 
uh, Miss Miss Milton need to be uh, thank you because this this little terror. Didn't I say all these kids need a whooping? Girl, <laughs> here's the bad thing. So while Eugene is reading this boy for filth, and I was all here like, yes, Eugene, give it to him, get in his ass about how stupid he is. Like he's clearly one of these kids that has never been outside the walls. He probably grew up in the Commonwealth because he looks like he has to be like maybe early 20s, maybe. So he spent most of his life behind the Commonwealth walls, probably wouldn't know how to kill a walker if he needed to, probably Mm -hmm. doesn't know the first thing about walkers. So when Stephanie kills this walker that's next to the girlfriend, did you notice that some of the blood got in her mouth? I did. So I'm like, okay, either Commonwealth is about to have a problem or Commonwealth is about to have a problem. But it's going to have a problem. That from, from what I saw, it's going to have a problem. And then, of course, you know, they lock Eugene up. Mr. Hornsby comes in. And Eugene, like, Eugene does exhibit a lot of bravery in this episode. But, of course, we know Eugene has never been good for being locked up, for being secluded, mm-hmm. for being in those kinds of positions. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly, I guess what they really needed for him to be in because this is when Hornsby can really come in and get what he needs. Yeah. Make his demands. So he's like, okay, you can either sit here and wait to be punished or you can tell us where, where your community is. And right before he walks out, Eugene says, wait. And I was like, okay. So we were talking about, you know, Rosita being in Commonwealth armor, we've seen that promo. So this is probably what's going to happen. They're probably going to go to Alexandria and they're going to bring them back. And that's, that's the thing. Eugene is like, look, I just need to guarantee my community safety. And honestly, if the, if the Commonwealth go to Alexandria and see what kind of shape they're in, they're not going to... They don't seem to me like they would be the type of community that's just going to go out and kill people, unlike the CRM, but... Slaughtering whole cities. Girl. But, like I said in the last episode, Alexandria has some strong people there. The fact that they have gone through everything that they have gone through, and they are still sitting there fighting and preparing to fight and trying to rebuild. Anybody else, they should have moved on. Alexandria is pretty much gone but they're still fighting for it so yeah at this point but they wouldn't be able they wouldn't all be able to leave I, I, they wouldn't all be able to leave Alexandria. why not no because maggie and them still out there oh yeah yeah okay they're coming yeah. you know so every they yeah we don't know how long it's gonna take to true you know to for them to get there Maggie and them could be back by then. I mean, Maggie has a whole horde with her right now. They're about to retake Meridian. But I don't know. Maybe, again, like I said, I feel like that priest went back and told Pope that they are still out there. And I have a feeling he's probably preparing. Now, I don't know what he can do against the whole horde. I doubt if he has enough people to take on that whole horde. But Absolutely not. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I see... I don't know if I see Meridian standing after this because if you're you're taking a whole horde that direction, there's gonna be some damage. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. But 
The other interesting well, the food thing, won't get damaged since it's locked up. Right. Which will be kind of moot point for, I mean, it'll it'll negate everything that they went through, all the people that they lost. I mean, Maggie lost all of her people except for Elijah. Mm-hmm. So here's the interesting thing about the Commonwealth and this uh Miss Milton's son. This is something that I read the other day. Again, Casey and I have not read the graphic novel, so we don't know anything about the community. But this boy, this impudent little whatever that Eugene punched in the face, he is the person that kills Rick Grimes in the comics. Really? Yep. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't either until yesterday. I was like, that little shit killed Rick Grimes? What the fuck? So yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how this storyline is going to proceed and move forward and if they're going to have somebody else be the person that he kills because in this show Yumiko has taken Michonne's Commonwealth storyline because in the comics Michonne actually finds her daughter living in the Commonwealth right so Yumiko finds her brother which is cool but I want to know who's going to be that figurehead that ends up in this conflict if they are actually going to go with that part of the comics again I haven't read it so I don't know Aaron I don't know if I want to say Aaron but I mean, Ezekiel is not looking good right now. That's true. So I'm kind of wondering, and if I'm not mistaken, I think, I'm trying to remember, I think Ezekiel was one of the people that was killed in the Whisperer (laughs) War or something like that. Yep, his head was on a pike. So I don't know. It's just interesting. I just, oh, you know, the Commonwealth, it just, it looks like a fairy tale for our people especially given everything that they've gone through and you know what they've had to do in the last 10 years but i don't know i just still don't i don't know if i trust it hell no i just don't don't but i will say this i probably trust them more than i trust the crm at this point and i'm just waiting to see they have to bring the crm into this show at some point you can't keep giving us the helicopters season one season this season eight and not explain that whole thing now if you watch fear the walking dead you get a little bit more world beyond you get a lot of the crm because the crm is the main antagonist in that show right which we need to talk about as well but yeah i'm just kind of like i i don't know the commonwealth just they sketchy they sketchy as fuck I don't know. Yeah. It, it it's it's I don't know. But I wonder if I wonder if when the Commonwealth, if they go to Alexandria to get those people, and you know, of course the Alexandrians are probably like, okay, well, we have other people that are still out there. I wonder if the Commonwealth gonna come across Pope and his people. That would be interesting. Now they're gonna be long dead. Oh, okay. Con- the Pope and his people, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Okay. I got, hell, we're going to wrap them up probably first part of the next eight. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So I just realized that the season of 24 episodes is split into three parts of eight, which means that next week's episode is the last that we're getting until the spring. I feel some kind of way about this. Right. I really feel some kind of way about this. I mean, 
on the one hand, I'm okay because that means it extends how long we have the original show because we're getting these eight episodes here. We get eight more episodes in the spring and then we're getting eight more mm. episodes next summer slash fall. So that means that we will get The Walking Dead for another year. So we're extending that heartbreak of the show ending. But at the same time, you mean to tell me that now I have to go months before I get new content. I feel some kind of way. And yes, we will have, you know, we have The World Beyond, which started last week. We have um, Fear the Walking Dead, which will start next week for AMC Plus members. But, the, you know, the actual show is starting on the 17th. But I'm just like, y'all are going to see. So, you know, so, you know, they're about to leave us on a huge ass cliffhanger. You know that's about to happen. You know that's about to happen. Because that'll be the episode that come out tomorrow. Yes. That comes that's- out tomorrow for AMC Plus people. So it'll be next week. The 10th, I think, will be the last episode actually airing for everybody else. Okay. So we'll have to go from next week until whenever. You know they're about to leave us on a big cliffhanger. A good one. A really good one. A really good one. I'm a really good one. I'm in my feelings, but okay. Don't be in your feelings. It's gonna be good. I know. Real good. Like there's just so much. Like there are so many questions we're gonna have. I already know this, and I'm like, y'all gonna make us stew on this for months. If it leaves now, it comes mm-hmm. back what well, after the Super Bowl, so February. Probably yes. And that gives us eight weeks. February, that'll probably take us March into April ish. Mm-hmm. And then how big of a break would they take? You think they wait till October again? I don't think they wait till October, maybe towards the end of the end of the summer, kind of like they did with this one, because we started in August this time. So maybe August, September ish. For the last two months. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So, or maybe what they'll end up doing is they'll start it so that those last episodes would air, that very final episode would air maybe right before Halloween because the show premiered on Halloween, remember? Yeah, next year. Yeah, so next year, Halloween is on a Monday. So maybe they'll do it so that it kind of has that symmetry and they'll air it on the 30th so that it's literally... It ends the way it began. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that would be so much for us to think about over the break. But it'll give us a chance to go back, rewatch the episodes, kind of examine them in a new way. Because one thing I always find out so we always talk and record the show. And then as I'm editing and I'm listening back to some of the things that we're saying, not just on this show, but on other episodes, you know, on other shows that we've reviewed on the podcast, as I'm listening to the things that we're saying, I'm like, oh, wait, I come up with new thoughts. And then I remember something differently than I did when we recorded about it. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have said that, you know, so That'll give us some time to kind of reevaluate the episodes and see what's going on. It'll give us some time to go and have some more fun. Casey and I are going back to Sonoya tomorrow. We're actually going to do the walking tour with Sonoya Rick, who is this. Okay, y'all, Sonoya Rick, when we first saw him, we we saw him when we went to our very first Nick and Norman's viewing party together, Casey and I. This was 
back in 2019, I believe it was. And this yeah. guy walks in and he's walking around and he is the spitting fucking image of Rick Grimes. Super spit. Like I have photos of, uh, yes, I have photos of us with him. He looks exactly like him, but he is also one of the tour guides for Water Tower Tours, which is where we booked our tour. So he's going to be the guide on our tour tomorrow. Like we specifically were like, we want to do a tour when he's leading. So they actually got back to me and they were like, okay, well, he's available on that day. So if you guys want to do it, we got, we got you. Yay. So we're going to do the walking tour. We're going to go to Nick and Norman's. We're going to have some fun. We're going to try to do some video. I have some new equipment that I want to try out. So we're going to try to do that. And maybe, you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll put some fun stuff together. So, Absolutely. Um, and then I think, yeah. And I think we'll probably end up doing that maybe a couple of times for fear the walking dead and um, world beyond if they do the viewing parties for those as well, because those shows, I think, I, I really think that by the end of all of this, I know they keep saying the shows are not going to cross over or anything, but I'm almost certain that you really can't do anything like I feel like you can't introduce the CRM into all of these shows and they not connect I mean like we said Jadis is going to be in the world beyond now she was in the season two trailer so there has to be some kind of connection if Jadis is there that means that Rick is somewhere in that world so I think they're just telling us stuff because they can't tell us stuff right but for them to say, no, Rick Grimes is not going to show up in the world beyond. Yeah, but Jadis is there. Fuck y'all. I don't believe you. Right. <laughs> or, or she has feel. some type of clue as to. Right. I, I can't see them just having that whole thing, bringing her back. The viewer and fan response to her what, when she was in mm-hmm. that damn trailer, everything I read was like, oh my God, Pollyanna. Oh my God, Jadis. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So there right. is no way you can bring her because that's when she left. She hasn't been back since, remember? Right, so, because she left with Rick. Exactly. So there is zero way you can explain anything. She's going to have to have a conversation with somebody. You know, when I came here 10 years ago or, you know, the man I brought, mm-hmm. something. Because yeah. we know at some point Rick got out because how did his stuff end up on Bloodsworth Island? So at right. some point, Rick, unless that was a part of CRM too, because that was a big ship that could have been something they were using to get a- across the water, trying to find other things, because think about it. We found that stuff in Virgil's area, the, the area, you know, the Island that Virgil was living on. And how did he lure Michonne there? He said that they had military grade weapons. Well, when she got there, the military grade weapons were gone. And remember, Virgil said they had been attacked. That sounds like some CRM bullshit if yeah. ever I heard anything. And like we said, Rick was probably, again, paying off a debt because Rick was near death when Jadis took him on the helicopter. They probably patched him up, fixed him, and were like, okay, you have to do this for us because we took care of you because we, because we saved you. And then not only that, if Rick... If they have talked to Rick and Rick knows that they are looking for a cure, they are trying to make a cure for this whole zombie illness. Rick is probably like, okay, you know what? My family probably thinks I'm dead anyway. 
let me do this so that we can save the world and then I'll go back. He could very well think that. Do you think he has amnesia? Remember, he got blown off a bridge, dumped in the water. <sighs> could be. He might not remember, you know, specifics, but he remembers enough to know that Judith is, you know, to, to remember her or even to, and see, that's the thing too, because when he drew that picture, when we saw that picture of the phone, oh, yeah. Judith, okay, she so was yeah, older. She was older. She had the straight hair. He drew her with straight hair and he drew her with his sheriff's hat. So I don't know if he has amnesia or if maybe he is, seeing her in at some point they do travel by helicopter you know maybe he snuck away to see how they were doing saw that they were okay and left i don't know because she was a toddler when he blew up the bridge she was still like four true he had been gone about six years when we saw a more grown-up judith true so he could have amnesia or he just could be in a, a, a space where he's like okay they are trying to save everybody. And if they can do that, then my family is saved regardless. So let me, you know, that could be the case. Or like I said, they may be keeping him captive. We don't know what's going on. Sure. But hopefully we'll find out. I, I want to see Michonne back. She needs to find Rick. Then, it, yeah, we, need, we have a lot. So you know what? If they got to take until next year to tell us this story, I'll be okay as long as they tell it right. Right. Like you can't give us, you can't no give us story. Shit. Right. And I don't think they're gonna do that because this season so far, I know there are some people. I've you know I read the comments online. Some people don't like the season. Some people hate it because they're right. like, there's not enough Carol. I'm like, y'all have to understand. They are telling these stories in chunks. So right now, this is about Commonwealth. And this is about the Reapers. Now I have a feeling the next section is probably going to be still a little bit about those, but it'll be integrating a little bit more of Alexandria, especially since now Connie is back. Carol can have her redemptive arc where she forgives herself mm -hmm. and starts working on who she's going to be now that she doesn't have this guilt of what she's done. Like she can start healing herself. I have a feeling Carol is going to be really strong in the next eight episodes and then the final eight episodes we can't have all the characters all the time this is a huge ensemble cast you can't focus right. on all of them all the time and tell a good story right so yeah as much as i'm missing carol and daryl on the screen right now they have two different stories to tell and then when they come back together that's going to be interesting because like i said connie's alive so when daryl comes back that's going to be something he has to like I won't say deal with, but he's going to have hey, to come to grips with. Right. But what happens if he has the other boo in tow when he comes with this one? And then, of course, you know, my own theory, like I said, I think Carol and Leah might be, might know each other or something. I'm still pushing that. I'm still pushing that, that little head cannon. So yes, it's going to be, they're, they're going to have lots of great stuff for Carol. Just be patient. I know this because you can't make someone such a main strong character on the front end and then just kind of push her off to the side of the back. I don't think they're going to do that, but they are going to need Carol in that, la especially in that last eight episodes, if they're doing a spinoff, because they're going to have to build right. a story that tells us what the spinoff is about. Right. So we'll get her. 
we got a we got, right. I was just gonna say we get we got hopefully tomorrow or tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, since we mm-hmm. both watch uh early, we we'll see. We gonna see us gonna see. Yeah, <laughs> us gonna see us gonna see. So we'll get that, and then like I said, we'll have we'll have a break on the main show. We are going to start covering World Beyond. Casey has made great strides in her Fear the Walking Dead watching. Yep. So we should be able to cover that one time. And so the Walking Dead coverage is going to continue. It just won't be the main show, but we will be covering the other shows. Casey and I are going to be going to Sonoya and doing those things and having fun and talking about that. So we'll still be okay with the Walking Dead after this last episode airs for 2021 but just stay tuned with us and we will keep talking about our favorite zombies and favorite zombie killers but for now that's it for our show you can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com we are on social media on facebook instagram and twitter at phantom hybrid you can listen to the phantom hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms thanks for listening we hope you join the conversation next time